Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard. Hello. Oh, he's drunk. And Michael. Howdy. Wow, he's, he's drunk but hiding it. Uh, Richard and Michael, they like to deliberate the top of any given certain thing, and that would be the Mount Rushmore of those things. And this time around, the Mount Rushmore is of lovable drunks. Richard, why? Um, I think through some of the episodes we've done, I had, no- we, I had noticed that this trend of lovable drunks yeah. throughout pop culture and just in general in life. And uh-huh. I felt like it's something we needed to address. Yeah. There's also a lot of non... Non-lovable um, men out there lately. Who, right, that's also true. <laughs> keep in mind, this should be lovable drunks. There are a few characters who I had thought of or people I had thought of. Yeah. And it was like, huh, not very lovable. Yes, yeah. we're going to cross that right off the list. I'm also interested to see whether what the majority is from fiction or non-fiction <laughs> or reality. So, so uh, uh, Richard, you chose it. Michael, go first. Jump right in. Barney Gumble from The Simpsons. Also on my list. Ah, uh, I know it. He uh, is a character that is genuinely, like, harmless yeah. in spite of his severe drunkenness. Uh, you know, he was on a good, good path before Homer introduced him to beer. Getting ready to go to Harvard, I believe. <laughs> I'm the SAT. Right before he's going to take his SATs, just, you know, fell Homer, off the wagon. Homer gave him one beer, and he, like, suddenly <laughs> turned into Barney. He's, uh, but he's, he's sweet, and he's, um, he's purposeful in his drinking yeah. and his alcoholism. And that he only really has one mode, which is, I got to get more beer. Yeah. (laughs) Got to drink some more. Uh, I do like that this is a character on a sitcom, an American sitcom, who they actually address his alcoholism, like, over and over and over. Yeah. Like, he's not just someone that drinks a bunch and that it's just never brought up that, oh, yeah, you're an alcoholic. Right. They try to get him sober a number of times, and yeah. usually he gets, half works. Yeah, it half works. He gets taken advantage of by Mo. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I think the real lesson I've in thinking about this was that Mo is a tremendous asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 really awful. He's like he gets him hooked on caffeine as soon as like he gets Espresso's, off the bottle, right? Wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> but I think that there is just he is personable in spite of being fall down drunk. Yeah, and uh, I think there's just a couple of really great moments. As a character, like Homer and him were like pegged to be the everyman in space, uh-huh. and the Joe ha- Sixpack in yeah, space, yeah. And he has to be literally, mm-hmm. and he has to be like sober to, for the NASA training, and it kind of reveals that he has like this underneath all of the drunkenness. There is a very put together man, yeah. And then you know they have a celebratory glass of champagne, and then he takes one sip, and then like you start to see him yeah. like kind of devolve, <laughs> like almost like. Uh, the wolf man or something, this transformation, he just starts going, yeah. even it though it's be- non-alcoholic shit. <laughs> yeah. Because it began. <laughs> and he's just, he's just so wonderful. You can't help but uh-huh. like cheer for him and be like, oh, your life is kind of awful at times. But yeah. Eh, also, okay. also an, an artistic soul. Yeah. As, as evidenced by his uh, Springfield film festival <laughs> winning short, uh, which is beautiful, but I, I believe as, uh, as Jay from the critic uh, said, was a uh, beautiful, uh, touching, but, Ultimately, very poorly named Pucahontas. <laughs> yeah. really, don't weep for me. I'm already dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it really should have lost out to football in the glory. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, my groin. <laughs> that was another instance where, like, he swore to be sober, and then it came back around, and they revealed that the, that whoever won the, the film contest, uh-huh. uh, the grand prize was a lifetime supply of Duff Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Which also happens to Barney sometimes. You might remember there was an episode where he had to be a designated driver, and that also was a night where he wound up winning an unlimited supply of Duff beer from Duff Man for yeah. the entire night. I, we had to use it that night. I find I just I find it interesting, unlike other like TV characters, that he is one that they were very cognizant of of how he was at some point and how he was like displayed, uh-huh. and they tried to make make him you know sober. And then they're like, this isn't that character. They eventually like had to go right around and be like, he's not like even though it it might be more responsible to show him mm-hmm. as sober, he's. Yeah, he's a drunk, but it does. He, but not he, a bad person at the same time. He is one of the only foils, really, to Homer, to somebody who's making more poor choices <laughs> than Homer. <laughs> like in in the world of Springfield, you you know that uh, uh, Mister Burns is more evil than Homer, and you know Barney has less actual uh, emotional resources <laughs> than Homer does. So that is one of the, the rules he seems to serve. So you both chose it. Yes. Cool. Uh, what is your second choice, Richard? My second choice is Foster Brooks. Oh, I love it. Not Foster Farms. No. Not uh, Foster Grant. Not the, Brooks and Dunn. Not the glasses guy, Foster Grant. Yeah. No, Foster Brooks, who was a comedian, I guess, in the 60s and 70s mainly. And his whole, pers- his whole persona was basically playing a drunk. This was his nightclub act, his stand-up mm-hmm. routine. Yeah. You know, if you, you'd see him a lot on like the Dean Martin celebrity roasts. Oh, yeah. Or like variety shows. And usually his character was some sort of like conventioneer or somebody yeah. that just had too much to drink yeah. and would be slurring their words and a lot of malpropisms mm-hmm. and, and bits based off of that. Yeah. And I chose Foster Brooks be, partially because as a kid, that was the first time I remember seeing a representation of like a drunk, mm. really, that, I can, that really kind of clicked with me. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly... I think that Mad was to Foster Brooks like the Kennedy assassination was to Von Meter. Oh. Right? Uh-huh. Like, his career basically was over. Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Yes. Yeah. Because once it was like the early 80s and everyone went, everyone went wait, alcoholism is actually bad. Yeah. And all these jokes about getting in your car and crashing your car while you're drunk, mm-hmm. not actually that funny. No, mm-hmm. no. So basically his... He basically dropped the uh, his whole routine that he had built twenty plus years of a career off of. Uh-huh. He had to basically drop the routine, yeah. and just become like an actor comedian. And and was he addicted to espresso too, like Barney? <laughs> Inter- interestingly enough, he apparently had called himself like a weekend drinker, but by the early sixties, he decided he'd someone had made him bet, yeah, like ten dollars. He was like a newscaster. Uh-huh. Ten dollars that he could stop drinking for X amount of time, mm-hmm. and he just stopped and never cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, so he was like one of those ones. Like Dean Martin didn't drink; wasn't really a heavy drinker. And most mm-hmm. of the time, if you watch like a Dean Martin special or something, same thing with Foster Brooks. They're drinking apple juice. Yeah, they. This is a great pick. I, I love Foster Brooks, and I love the reality that he brings to the drunk archetype. Um, right. I don't know if it's going to be on your list. There's one in the the bag here that I have of a of a archetype of a char- of a character. Are you opening the bag right now? Should I open the you bag? Open the damn bag. I'm going right to open the bag. Um, if you observe 
The Simpsons and how characters developed on The Simpsons. Wait, wait hold on one second. Whose bag is this that you're opening? Is it my bag? This it's is the Michael's Borglum bag? bag. This is the Borglum bag. This is for our listeners. We're adding something new in season three, and that is the creator of the uh, Mount Rushmore Monument was a sculptor named Gutzen Borglum, and he chose those presidents that were on the monument, and he chose the reason why. And so now we've got a bag. I'm going to put, as the judge, I'm going to use my power to put something in the bag, a choice that I have, and this bag at any point. I can pull it out, and I can kind of trump you guys with it, or if you choose what's in the bag, you get the point. The bag is in my brain. Okay. No, the bag is physically Your right here. Your bag is a brain? My, my bag is a brain. Um, and in the bag is a guy who was the model for uh, Barney Gumbel, and that's Crazy Guggenheim. More specifically, the actor Frank Fontaine, who played Crazy Guggenheim on the Jackie Gleason show. And so he literally had those like googly eyes and the same kind of verbal patois. And Crazy Guggenheim was essentially the character study for the um, uh, Barney Gumble character, like Edward G. Robinson was the character study for Chief Wiggum, and like uh, Professor Frank, as portrayed by Jerry Lewis, um, or prof- uh, sorry, uh, Professor Frank was essentially the Jerry Lewis Nutty Professor character. So hmm. um, that's also the thing that because didn't Crazy Guggen and I also have like this really great singing voice, like this rich baritone? Yeah, Frank Fontaine was a professional singer, which is what they with Barney Gumble. Yeah. He, yeah, I mean, there have been several times to go back to that pick mm-hmm. where he's a member of the B sharps with this beautiful yeah. Irish yeah. tenor yeah. coming out of like Barney's like like <laughs> pie hole. The B sharps. What I what I think is interesting the joke is becomes funnier <laughs> the less the less time the more times you say yeah. it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, the uh, crazy Guggenheim. His name isn't drunk Guggenheim. It's crazy, and I think they were showing even more sensitivity at that era by saying. They don't show this guy drinking all the time. They just show him being crazy. We can kind of infer that perhaps alcohol has uh, brought him to that adult state. Uh, but the reason I brought that up is, I don't know. I don't know where the fuck I am right now. Because um, Richard forced it on you, Tim. Richard forced it on me? Okay. Oh, is that, wait, what? Wasn't there something else going happen? on? You were, oh, talking, you were talking about Foster oh, you were, Bro- you were talking no, about oh, your yeah. pick. And then yeah. You said something. You were like, well, I, this yes. is going to be my pick. I okay. we said, well, why not just do it now? Foster Brooks, unlike Crazy Guggenheim, actually seemed to accurately portray, almost to the method acting state, the point of inebriation. <laughs> His ability to kind of like interrupt himself and hiccup and do all that stuff was just so accurate and so hilarious. And take these... Uh, celebrities who he was roasting, usually by the time you got roasted, you weren't the A-list anymore. But to skewer them in such a way, you know, how can you be drunker than Dean Martin? Well, if you're Foster Brooks... You can, make it, you can make it work, yeah. Yeah. My, I, yeah, it's... One of my favorite Foster Brooks sketches is he and Dean Martin are in a bar near an airport, and Foster Brooks comes in, he's wearing a pilot's outfit, <laughs> and he's just having a drink before he goes and flies, because he's a pilot, and he wants to calm his nerves a little bit. Like, oh, I can see exactly why the Mothers Against Drunk Drivers would not have not a fan. And, and I think that's something where people had a hard time believing that that wasn't actually Foster Brooks. I mean, there are a lot of, for a long time, people just thought he wasn't basically playing a character, yeah. right? That you couldn't be that accurate of a drunk without actually being drunk. Right. Right. Oh, by the way, do you know how uh, Frank Fontaine died? No. Died of a heart attack um, after doing a benefit show where he'd accepted a check that he was going to donate to heart research. Oh, the ironies. Oh, that's Thick. unfortunate. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, it's probably his drinking that did him in, though. Yeah. What is your second choice? 
Speaking of drinks that did someone in, uh, W.C. Fields. Oh, well. Um, William Claude Duncan Field was a vaudevillian actor and an actor on the silent screen, famous comedian, famous juggler, famous pool player, um, also famous drunk, uh, and famous for playing a character who loved to drink and was drinking, mm-hmm. drunk in just about every one of his uh, movies. And it kind of just became like this character trait for him. Yeah. And uh, he was, I, I thought of this one initially. Uh, I have an uncle, David Richards, who used to. Does he, does he listen to the podcast? He does not. I think he's passed on. Oh, he's well, not a close one. He's like a family friend. Okay. And um, he. So you're lying to us about this uncle thing. Yes. He used to call me Michael J. Winfield in that W.C. Fields <laughs> <Yes>. voice. Uh, <laughs> one, my middle initial is not J. <laughs> But he would just kind of use that. And I was just one of those things that, like, you could you could see this guy doing his little W.C. Fields thing. <laughs> like, people just went at the same era. They also did Groucho. Like, <laughs> if I could walk like that, I don't know. <laughs> if I walked uh, like that, I wouldn't need aftershave lotion. I, I guess almost in that same way that, that the, the pick that you just chose, uh, Jeff, the... Um, uh, Frank Fontaine, the crazy Guggenheim. Yeah. Like, he has, like, that iconically drunk face of, like, the fat face and the big red nose. Yeah. And just that, like... Why are you looking at me, Michael? Well, your, no, your, nose is, your nose is still red from helping Santa guide... Through his sleigh. His sleigh yes. from a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's sunburn from here in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's right. It is Christmas time. Um, but, like, his, you know, all of his characters, he could play anything from, like, high class to low class and everything in between. But yeah. it all kind of had that kind of... Uh, Slightly malicious, but kind of in over his head, sort of yeah. drunken, aloof yeah. mm-hmm. kind of guy. It was an amazing character because it seemed to um, travel from one scenario to another. And he could be married, he could be single, he could be high status, he could be low status. Um, and it almost seemed impervious. Almost like somebody like George Carlin. You could imagine setting him in these different... Mm-hmm. And you would always know his attitude towards the people around him. It's not, it's not a loving one. <laughs> Although he's lovable. Um, yeah, he would, he would like... Uh, sometimes his characters, he would like kick kids. Yeah. And kick dogs. Yeah. And I read uh, like an, an article, or it was a, an interview, and uh, he said... Uh, let me find it real quick. Um, I was the first comic in world history, so they told me to pick fights with children. I booted baby Leroy. Then, in another picture, I kicked a little dog. But I got sympathy both times. People didn't know what the unimaginable baby might do to get even. And then they thought the dog might bite me. Yeah. So, so even though he was the aggressor, mm-hmm. he was still kind of like a, yeah. a cowed man sort of yeah. thing. Is, is the fact He that also had like a... Like this weird, like aversion to drinking water that played into yeah, his yeah, drunkenness, yeah. where like he'd drink water and he, he would hate it. Or he'd request water, like as, as a back, and then use it to wash his hands. Yeah. <laughs> the sense, well, I love the, the in, in some cases, these characters fit these archetypes that have been around in storytelling for years. And in one component, I think one of the reasons, one of the things that makes this the drunk so lovable, where it's like a, Think of like, a, I don't know if this will be a choice or not, but like a Billy Bob Thornton type character at a bad Santa <laughs> is that you love them because they're saying what we want to say often about society. And mm. also their substance addiction has made them a child. <laughs> so they're really just this helpless, un, you know, unfit for, for life kind of individual. So I, I, I always wonder what it is that makes them so lovable when, when they're really a detriment to society. They're dangerous. They could go out on the road and kill us all. 
But what is it? What is it that makes them lovable? I don't know. Is it like... You look at like someone like a Mr. Magoo, mm-hmm. who wasn't a drunk, but he was just co- constantly kind of getting himself in and out of trouble. Yeah. And kind of like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't he's know. He's blind yeah. and old and whatever. And maybe like the the addition of alcohol kind of lowers your uh, expectations that they're a bad person. Yeah. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. They're kind of doing it in spite of themselves and mm-hmm. eh, they're not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen and ladies, I have some crazy news. There's something free to be had in this world where everybody wants you to pay for something. Uh, Whenever wants you to get out your pocketbook, get out your checkbook, uh, I got something free for you. That is a, a free podcast. No, that is a free book from the fine folks at Audible. That's right. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You could read Love Drunk Cowboy, Spikes and Spurs series, book one. A Torrid Romance by Carolyn Brown and Anne-Marie Lee. This is so torrid it took two women to write it, uh, this book. With Audible, you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com Rushmore with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, or Victrola. What? Victrola? Victrola? I know that guy. Oh, yeah. What to call Victrola. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Rushmore for your free audiobook. Guys, we have two years of back episodes. That's cre- Two seasons. Yeah. What do you think, if you're going to introduce this podcast to somebody, if you say, hey, go back and check out some of our old stuff, what would they use? Start would you with number one, baby. Start with number one. Just let it roll. Yeah. <laughs> it only gets better from there. You'll just be relieved that we don't use that same microphone anymore. <laughs> um <laughs> I might say go back and listen to the Soviet Russia one or... Um, Ikea one was a, a recent Ikea. favorite from last year. Yeah. So, everyone loves Ikea or hates it, but you know what it. it is. But you go there and you can um, uh, download old episodes, rate and review them. That would be doing us a solid if you did that by going to iTunes or SoundCloud or ZipZap or Stitcher. Or, or <laughs> Is that a thing? Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing also... I know it's near the holiday season, and my birthday's coming up as well. Oh. You know what would be a great present for me? Oh. If you like this show, tell your friends about it. Yeah. When you, you know, Go on your Facebook, your Twitter, or whatever, or even in person. If you actually do this thing where you still see people in person, I know it's a very Overrated. old concept. But let them know, hey, here's a great podcast. You guys should check it out, too. Yeah. That'd make me feel swell. Guys, come on. Help Richard out. When is your birthday? He's got uh, so little. February 3rd. Oh, okay. And your social security, the last four are... <laughs> One, two, three, four. And your mom's <laughs> maiden name is... Maiden. What was the maiden. first <laughs> animal that you owned? Just, I mean, like, I'm just throwing I mean, it out there. This is, you, this is for out. possibility to win a free Frisbee. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, Frisbees. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, join us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to tell us what your choice is, because you could still influence this next season of Mount Rushmore podcast by telling us what uh, choices you'd like us to bicker about aimlessly and endlessly. Okay, we are back, and it is Richard on his third choice. Oh, hey. Take off, eh? That's right. I'm going with... A dual choice here, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Oh, I love it. Otherwise known as the host of formerly Canadian Corner. Yeah. But then they had to change the name for legal reasons to the Great White North. To the Great White North. Um, a uh, sketch on SCTV, uh, 
Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis that was created under very dubious yeah. reasons. You know, you know, you know the reason behind. Well, it? You, I, I thought it was because they had demanded more Canadian. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they had. Uh, in fact, our, our good Canadian friend Casey, he may have even alluded to the mm-hmm. fact that there's a certain amount of Canadian content that is, that is required. Yeah. And after the first couple of seasons of SCTV, which was shot in Canada, but it was on Edmonton, shot in Edmonton, but showed on like like in Canadian C- television, Cinemax or something, or it was like it, it was somewhere was in the US. The yeah. But when they where it started airing it in season three on CBC, mm-hmm. the shows were two minutes longer, so they needed an extra two minutes of content just for the Canadian uh, audiences, and the CBC also requested that it be. Canadian content, if you can make it that. Yeah. And uh, they thought that was a ridiculous request since it's a Canadian comedy show filming in Canada with Canadian crew, Canadian cast, whole nine yards. So they basically came up with this idea of, okay, you want Canadian content? We're going to basically put every Canadian stereotype Mm. (laughs) into one just booyah base. I I love those one. It does... French predate. Canadian that booyah base <laughs> does predate say like Wayne's World and that just kind of shows it's definitely it. a proto Wayne's yeah. World for sure and a couple of uh, uh, guys just wearing toques eating back bacon yeah, yeah sounds good <laughs> and apparently each season they would just come down to the stage and, and be basically be just them and a couple of crew crew guys yeah and they would just sit down and just start drinking beers like real beers yeah and and cooking back bacon up on their little grills <laughs> and just improving about whatever the hell they felt like. So none of these were really like scripted out in any real sense. Uh-huh. It was like a true improv sort of thing yeah. where they would just sit down and Dave Thomas said some, in his book, he says something to the effect of like, basically if we did a dozen of them, like five of them would be terrible. There'd be another two or three that we would be cracking, cracking each other up so yeah. much that we couldn't finish it. Did and they, then the rest would be the ones that we'd use. Did the actors themselves, did they actually... Like you said, they were drinking. Did they get to the point where they were drunk or visibly drunk on camera and like really? I feel like they had the wet lips of a drunk guy. He's like, you know, the, <laughs> oh, of the mouth. Especially Rick Moranis. He had that yeah. kind of like thousand yard stare. Yeah, yeah a, where he kind of had like look into the camera like extra hard. Like he's a little guy happening. too, so it's it not like much yeah. would take to take very much to, <laughs> to, to to get him down. Tip him over. And of course, so and and beer was a big part of their persona. Um, a lot of. Uh, a lot of the topics, things they talked about on their the, their panel talk show, yeah, involved uh, how to get beer through snow with, on skis, <laughs> or um, they play a game called Name That Beer, where they have to do like a taste <laughs> blind taste test, or they have to uh, figure out how you, instead of drinking eggnog, which sucks, how can you drink beer nog? Mm-hmm. Did they also do the Beer Hunter? Do is that something they did? Or yes, I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, and uh, much to their chagrin, this became an incredible, probably the breakout. Uh, yeah, character from SCTV to the mm-hmm. point where they did get to make a movie. Yeah, Strange Brew. One of yeah. my, me as a kid, one of my favorite dumb movies of all time, and an, another one that it, for a while I had pretty well, uh, you know, memorized. Yeah, it seemed like Strange Brew. They did the same thing. I remember the Ali G movie came out, and you take a character who is in mostly an improvised sketch, and then put him in a scripted movie. And how does that translate? In the case of Strange Brew, uh, well, they used the plot of Hamlet. Yes. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> okay. and, and based it around beer and hockey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is literally from the beginning of it, it is them, they get caught, they get arrested because they try to, uh, in one of their episodes, they, they start out with one of the skits, yeah. them talking about how you can get a beer 
free beer because you put a mouse put inside a mouse. the beer. <laughs> and then you bring it back and you say, I got a mouse in this beer. I need a new, new 12 pack. And with the, who was it? Max von Sydow? Max von Sydow <laughs> is a Brewmeister Smith from Elsnor, the Elsnor Brewery. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, it is a uh, a very loose <laughs> retelling of, of Shakespeare's Hamlet, and uh, they wind up getting caught in this family drama over this uh, brewery because they wind up trying to go back to the all the way to like the castle Elsnor, yeah, to get their their free twelve pack of beer, yeah. And they're just kind of goofy and drunk the whole time, and they've always got a beer in their hand. Um, they're every stereotype of kind of the a certain type of Canadian that may not actually exist. Mm-hmm. But as a non-Canadian, I am convinced that this Canadian exists, and they all drink Moosehead and sit yeah. around with their toques and watch hockey and eat back bacon and drink beer. Yeah. Uh, the Canadians that I've sp- spoken to describe those as guys from the prairies, which is just... A lot uh, of Manitoba yeah, yeah, and yeah. Alberta, yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. Our Midwest. Um, Dave Thomas, in when interviewed about uh, SCTV, as the head writer, he would sometimes be in the position where the other actors slash writers... Uh, went home because their contracts were over, but he was uh, accountable to finish the show. <laughs> so he would have to write these sketches where he was just uh, walking through a fog and kind of looking at things off camera and just describing them <laughs> all by himself. So I could see how he would uh, very much um, uh, appreciate a sketch that was just purely improv and not written. So, Michael, what's up? Uh, my third choice is Drunk Uncle from SNL. I don't know this one. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Bobby Moynihan. Uh, Okay, yeah, I just sort of know it. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't. I've never seen it. I know the the concept. He uh, he plays a, a character named Drunk Uncle during like a weekend update segment, mm. and he's kind of like in this vein. He comes out with like a, a glass of, of whiskey or yeah. bourbon or something on, on the rocks and kind of sloshing in, and he kind of plays uh, like a kind of stereotypical um, family member who mm-hmm. you run into at holidays and events, yeah. and he usually comes in slurring. Using the wrong terminology, yeah. <laughs> um, everything that he says is slightly racist and sexist. It's like right on the edge, or just like overtly racist. And yeah. like you know, the the anchors usually have to like kind of push him back yeah. and be like, "Oh, drunk uncle, yeah, what yeah. are you doing?" Um, he's constantly offended by new things, new technology, and or like progressiveness. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he'll have like a, a hard on for like a uh, uh, Fitbit, yeah, or like quinoa. <laughs> Oh, he's impressed by he likes no, no. him, or he's he he, yeah, yeah. He can't believe it. He can't he, believe he it. He hates it. All these things that yeah. he can't catch up to, and like it's it's been one of those repeating characters that just kind of mm-hmm. like builds on it slowly yeah. throughout it. But and it hits all like the same like just great beats. Uh-huh. He'll like fall asleep in the middle of it, and then wake up singing to yeah. like a, <laughs> to like a you know a Billy Ocean song yeah. or something. But. um he gets, and then he, you know, he always, always gets to the point where like he starts sobbing, <laughs> he starts crying and like apologizing for all the things he's not, uh-huh. and then goes right back into singing. <laughs> and he's just so gregarious and like, it's funny. Like I don't have family like this. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I, I don't have like someone that you just like uh, regret seeing every yeah. Thanksgiving that yeah. you have to avoid and be like. Yeah. Oh, I can't have any conversations with him. Mm-hmm. But I just love the over the topness, and he's so like, he's so pitiable. Yeah, that you just like your heart goes out to like this <laughs> this awful racist sexist I, character. I definitely had an uncle like that. He was just uh, there was he was just fe- struck fear in me, and, mm. and he would say things that in as an adult you realize he was saying something nice, but he always had a course 
can in his hand, mm-hmm. and <laughs> he was like a redneck extension of our family, and most of our family was just white trash. He was like redneck, and he would say nice things mean. So he'd say like, did you get your Christmas present that you wanted? And you, saw, <laughs> you thought he was being sarcastic, or you thought maybe you, you were about to like give him the present because you thought he was shaking you down for it. So I hear you got a girlfriend. Tell me what her name is. <laughs> or, you think he may be asking me for like to look her up? For I don't know nefarious reasons. Know. Uh, if, if there was a court transcript, he never really said anything mean. <laughs> it was just he said it in mean ways. Uh, I read uh, like a, a little interview in. Uh, and they were asking Bobby Boynihan how he created him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just said, uh, I just came up with him at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I love, I love the, hidden, the, the hidden story that is just like, it's just something funny I thought yeah. of, not like there's this depth to it. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, uh, uh, drunk can. uncle sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, uh, Ricardo. All right, my last choice is me. The fuck? At least in my mind. Bold. When I'm drunk. Oh, you are you are a punchy drunk. You are, but I don't think so. That's the fun part. <laughs> I, yeah, fun, fun for, for you. me, Michael. Yes, describe Richard how he's drinking. How uh, does he make you feel, Richard? <laughs> Richard Richard starts out great, gets to a really good point where you're just he's buying drinks, drinking. We're playing the jukebox at a bar, having a great time. Goofy. Then gets to a point where he's trying to prove a point uh-huh. and starts using his fists to prove that point. <laughs> Wait, oh, ah, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 go Rough Riders, go! Oh, President Roosevelt. That's me. <laughs> I'm looking for a hard-drinking, hard-acting, hard-ass kind of fella to join the Rough Riders. I've got, I've got a vodka tonic here if you would like it. Or oh, could... give me that. <laughs> Uh, you are rumored to be one of the hard-drinking Rough Riders, and you're a man with a nice mustache. Are you ready to join me? Uh, you know, I don't really like Cubans. What? <laughs> what? Well, listen, you, hey, fella, you was describing him. You said he starts out strong and energetic, and then what happens? Does he fight to the finish? Then the fists come out in your shoulders, and you're just like, man, can we just drink? <laughs> can we just hang out? What? You're right. Yes, you're right. You get to the point where you're just like, you're right, Richard. Yes. Your point I'm, Your, your I, point is you're right. You've I've been beaten into stubborn. submission. See, so I... I, I w- stubborn, I like that. I believe it's called a bully pu- pulpit. <laughs> That's sir. right. And that bully pulpit is my two drunk fists. <laughs> well, what's wrong with I haven't heard one downside to this yet? <laughs> um, you know, you gore one person when you're drunk and you get a reputation. Oh. This happened one time in college. Are you still able to lead the country and maybe designate the national parks as off-limits to oh, I development? I don't know how, you t- how to tell you this, President Roosevelt, but we have a new president. What? And uh, I don't think there's going to be many national parks. There's going to be a lot of oil. There's going to be a lot of national parking lots. Oh! <laughs> sold off to the highest bidder. Oh, I'm going to just go wrestle a bear. Hey, guys, what's up? Oh, hey, Jeff, hey, where Jeff. were you? So you were talking about... Richard, describe him when he's drinking. Well, okay. Uh, I thought I, thought I, I just did. Yeah. Thought I have. Oh, I, I would like. I would like to because since Richard chose this as Richard in his own mind, I would like to know who do you think you are, yeah, Richard? Yeah. I think I'm. I'm charming. Mm. And <laughs> nobody's goofy. ever charming. And goofy. but here's the thing. And this is this could be really me specifically, but if we're honest, it's everybody. Everybody thinks they're a lovable drunk. Yeah. When yeah. they're drunk. Yeah. Mm. No, nobody. There's, there's always a gap between how you perceive yourself. Yeah. When you've been drinking, 
or how you think of yourself, like afterward, after the fact, like, mm-hmm. oh, I was just kind of goofy and laughing. It's and that doing... uncanny valley when you're watching questionable CGI and you're like, mm, that kind of looks like an elf. <laughs> I am the uncanny valley <laughs> when I've been drinking, apparently. But this is everybody. Everybody thinks that alcohol makes them goofy and fun and just looser. And it turns out, no, it a probably... A good dancer. Ma- yeah, yeah. It probably just makes you more of an asshole. Yeah. Whatever your asshole tendencies are, they will be ramped up 10 times. Mm. It seems like the healing brush in Photoshop or like the blur, a blur <laughs> thing that kind of makes you look attractive. Like Michael, for example, gets very, very loud. Michael is a loud I, I get, I get, if, if I'm... Listen, listen, listen. He also I get, hand, I get, he gets handsy. I get, a little bit I handsy. get gregarious. Uh... Yeah, you know, I I don't think I get angry, but I guess I get very. No, you're not angry. Get, yeah, get you big. don't get angry, but get, you get, I get just like you get like super Michael, mega Mike, me, oh. mega mecha Michael. I pull Michael. I, I pull out my Technicolor dream coat and just want to <laughs> show the world who I am and out the window. You, then you fall off a stool and you get poured. So I think of a, one of the archetypes of the drunk is the in going back to Shakespeare, who inspired uh, Strange Brew, uh, but like Falstaff, this character who. Right. <laughs> Who's this large, gregarious, almost like who's the ghost of Christmas present? <laughs> yeah. And I think when I'm drunk, personally, go back to me, I think I'm thinking like, hey, I'm big, I'm using my hands, I'm physical, isn't that right, pal? Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. And I think I'm just being kind of funny about it. It's the hug. Apparently, apparently I'm a little less funny than I, <laughs> I think I am. Apparently I need to work on that. Well, I love how meta this has become. Um, I, and I expect a spate of... Uh, Rushmore's in the future where you just use me yourself for each thing. I thought about that for j- the jackets episode. Okay, yeah, I could not use myself as a jacket. The many jackets of Richard Manfredi. I kind of did, didn't I? I, I think it seemed several like it was personal. It seemed like yeah. personal. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. You said pink. You said pink satin baseball jacket when you were in Pink Ladies. Yes. Yes. That? Yes. <laughs> okay. My last choice is Adina and Patsy from Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, that's fun. Um, Patsy, darling. Are they lovable? Are, are they, they lovable? lovable? That's, yeah, I was just going to say that. We uh, love uh, them. Uh, uh, I, I think we love them. They're be- not cuddly, but we love them. They're yes. prickly. I think that there is an element of when you're so upper class, but your, li- your life is living at the bottom of a barrel or the bottom of a bottle of yeah. gin or, yeah. or whatever, that... I think that there is a intelligence to them and an intelligence to let's say, a British sensibility, even upper class, mm-hmm. that the smartness in which they can cut someone down yeah. kind of covers up how awful they are to, say, Safi. Yeah. Like to their daughter, or to, to her daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Edwina's daughter, who's just, you know, she's just trying to get by. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, I think the introductory episode of Absolutely Fabulous is that Eddie is drunk and she goes through her day, and then at the end of the episode, she's trying to crawl back in the window uh-huh. and just being drunk and just screaming at her daughter to yeah. let her in, who is just so over it. Yeah, she's the Lisa Simpson. But of the, watch, yeah. but watching, I think, you know, highbrow characters get knocked down a peg. I mm-hmm. think we've seen it over and over. It's just it for whatever for whatever it is that there's something about, especially Eddie, who you just you just kind of want her to pull it together, and mm-hmm. you know you know she just never will. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? I find this interesting choice because I was a f- at first I was going to say they are the first females on this list, hmm. but then I would say they are very close to being drag characters. <laughs> There's something <laughs> that's interesting, so bizarrely grotesque about the make amount of makeup and and 
<laughs> things this that almost seems like that they're they're um archetypes versus actual women i think that there is like a moment when like she's being so like submissive to her daughter mm-hmm. when she's saying just sweetie sweetie yeah, darling yeah, yeah. and she's like pleading with her to like to be part of her life that she just doesn't yeah. understand that you feel like this this sympathy towards and you're yeah. like oh she's there's something there and then she turns on a dime and she's just uh-huh. like vicious again yes um maybe it reminds me it in times of like my own grandmother who wasn't a drunk but was mm-hmm. in that same vein of being very um she could be cutting but as well as lovable she was english as well oh okay and maybe there's like a yeah, the little the little embers of of something there that i i find you know endearing yeah. did she ever get punchy <laughs> no <laughs> never got punchy okay wow cool good choices i guess that wraps things up and michael thank you for in the final choice actually breaking the gender barrier and listing some women as lovable drunks. I wonder if that's going to win you any points or not. Well, let's see. So here's who I want to be on the Rushmore. Uh, obviously, we got to say Barney Gumble. So you guys both get a point for that, picking Barney Gumble. And you know what? Uh, from here on out, I want to give one for Foster Brooks. Richard, I thought that was a great choice. And I want to give one for Bob and Doug McKenzie, just because I love them so much. And guess who else is going to get one? Well, heck, it's going to be Jeff Hopkins reaching into the bag and pulling out Frank Fontaine, Crazy Guggenheim, as he was the prototype for Barney Gumble, bringing us full circle. So that is the Mount Rushmore podcast, the Mount Rushmore of Rumble Drunks. Hi, as always, I'm Jeff. Hi, Richard. I'm Michael. Thank you.